It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is the Best Hang Podcast featuring Max Kerman, Shane Cunningham, and I am Mike Bierman. Here's a secret you can pass it around. Here's a secret you can pass it around. My head in the clouds and two feet on the ground. Here's a secret you can pass it around. All right. Welcome to the Best Hang Podcast. Podcast. The three of us are back together in person. We're not in Mexico anymore. If you've listened to the last, we episode. are tan though. We are tan. Mm-hmm. We're looking good. Mm-hmm. We're back. We're back. We're all in Toronto right now in the city. And today you're getting a bit of a quicker episode yeah. because we're trying to squeeze this in. Max, you're about to fly out what to the East Coast? Yeah, I got to go back to the studio. The band's recording right now. You just snuck out to record a pod. Oh yeah, I said Nick, keep playing that bass. Who's gonna do the vocals if you snuck out? <laughs> I don't know. AI. <laughs> Alan Iverson. Yeah. Any new songs that you're going to play on the East Coast to no, test out? No, no, no. So no, it's no. not like being a stand-up comedian where you test out new songs to see if they work. No, no. It's actually a private event we're doing in mm. uh, Newfoundland. So by the oh, time wow. this comes out, we'll have come and You'll gone. Have done it. Yeah. yeah. Mucho dinero. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Jeff doing David. imitations the whole time. <laughs> um, but guys, what's uh, what's keeping you busy, Shane? Oh, you I actually look pretty kind of relaxed, more relaxed than the last relaxed. few times I've seen you. Really? I was on vacation last time well, you saw me. Well, was I maybe not on vacation, but the time before that when you were like in here and you were stressed out about the show. Oh, the show. Yes. It's a nightmare doing a show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess the show is almost, it's been kicked out the door. Nice. Yeah. We, you know, there's talk of us even doing a little performance at the Rivoli with Bruce McCullough. I don't even know if I should say it. Oh yeah. Well, I heard about, uh, Bruce reached out to you wanting you to do some improv or something. Yeah. To me and Mike and Bella. And what are you guys going to do? You guys nervous? I'm shitting my pants. Are you kidding me? <laughs> of course. I may look relaxed, but uh, my underwear is So what is the nature shit. of this comedy event if it happens? When is it? Is it April or something like that? He just said he's going back to do some shows. Yeah. And he asked if we want to get up. Kind of like the way that when we saw the last show. Oh, that's fun. Out. I know. I was like. Why didn't I get that email? I don't know. Maybe you're too expensive. <laughs> you're on the East Coast. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I don't know. I just Shane. Yeah, Shane shitting his pants. I'm more like like because I I grew up with such a huge Kids in the Hall fan. Like I'm uh-huh. like if I get to get up on that stage with Bruce McCullough for even one bit, even if it bombs, it's like a, a story I can take to the uh, grave. Yeah, that's cool. It's very exciting. So, so are you gonna do like five minutes, Shane, or what are you gonna do? Like a stand up set? Are you know. kidding me? No. <laughs> what are you no. gonna do? Like sketch? I comedy? would. I could. Like it, I like using multimedia. I could do something with that. I'm comfortable with that. Uh-huh. I could even act out a sketch. Like if I had to do work improv, let's say, but I made it interactive with the audience. Oh uh, yeah. So I could ask the audience to give me improv stuff. And I find being terrible is funny if you can own how bad you are. Yeah. So I am somewhat comfortable performing. I'm very uncomfortable doing stand up or being myself. As long as I don't have to be myself, I can be comfortable. What would I do, guys, at this comedy night? You want in on this? I, now, now that we're talking about it, get in on it. What, what, what oh, would I do? We though? could do a funny song. We could make definitely a yeah. funny song with you. I'd feel really comfortable. Performing we can make a funny you. song. I feel like that's too easy though. And Why? it means it, not, you not, feel like it's like, oh, Matt, let's put a guitar in Max's yeah, hand. It's almost like I feel like the, the challenge would be to to do some well, kind of storytelling that's funny. It could be funny if I invite you up and there's a guitar there. Mm. <laughs> I grab the guitar and you act in the skit. And I'm kind of like, I don't really know how to play guitar that well. Yeah. Or at all. <laughs> or at all. Yeah, more accurately. Yeah. Sometimes I do. Because uh, there is a difference between stand-up and like comedic storytelling. Because I find that Bruce, Bruce is, uh, for our listeners, Bruce McCullough, Kids in the Hall, producer of our sketch show. He has many other accomplishments, SNL writer, Hollywood film director. He, when he does his, his like live performance stuff, it's not stand up. It's like a combination between like one liners, some silly songs and like storytelling. Yeah. And like, story, what is the difference between storytelling and stand up? I think like one man shows or things like that, like the nature of that, that style is just a little different than like joke set up, joke set up, joke set up. But I don't know. It's all blurring these days. Like mm-hmm. the way that stand up is sort of going and the more confessional stuff like mm-hmm. we saw with Hannah Gatsby or And my guy Gerard, Gerard Carmichael. Uh, yeah. You takes know, the pressure off, I think. Yeah. Yeah. When it's when it's storytelling, one man show kind of thing. And when you can combine a musical element and uh you know you you never quite know when the joke's gonna come in a one man show yeah. type vibe. But with a Stand-up set, a traditional one, I think the more laughs per minute is the expectation. Ah, oh, that's so hard. Also, Bruce, like Bruce incorporates music, right? He'll sing songs. Mm-hmm. I think he had like four songs when we saw him that he'd sort of weaved with in and out where he'd, you know, he's telling you a story that's, you know, hilarious. And then all of a sudden he goes into one a song, either something from one of his, you know, his an older record or mm-hmm. just, you know. Yeah, the well, he had a guy with him on stage, his his old buddy. Oh yeah. He I every time I've seen Bruce for the last like whatever it's been two decades now or fifteen years, he's always got a dude with a guitar. What are they called the shadowy men or shadowy planet yeah. yeah yeah they like they did the theme theater is so interesting because what a theme by the way mm-hmm. yeah bung, 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 bung. speaking We've of got themes, a pretty good theme too though. well oh, yeah. we, ours has lyrics that's harder yeah right? mm. <laughs> not to brag um brag. I, I saw some theater recently i went to hamilton wow you went to did you i want to hear this well because is that, which theater theater uh, prince's wells right right on the corner oh i think nope. so. oh the hamilton the musical were you as confused as i was no, I was just trying to think of a joke about no. like just being with smokestacks and stuff. Uh, no. <laughs> Our friend Felix is working, I think, with Hamilton's Theater Aquarius. Oh. So I've been seeing his Insta story. Oh. So I go, oh, did, he, did Max go and check out a show no. of, at Theater Aquarius? You saw the- Hamilton, the musical. Fucking Hamilton, Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. He wasn't there, though. No, no yeah. he wasn't there. I think it was supposed to play and then COVID happened. So it kind of got delayed like a couple of years. So now it's like finally mm-hmm. back. But I was uh, walking down- Well, wait a second. What's the review? Well, I'm going to get there. Oh, mm-hmm. gotcha. So you're I was, walking, I was down. walking down King Street and uh, it was like in the middle of the day. It was like 2.50. And I was like, oh, I wonder if there's any like 
rush tickets because there's that tradition in Broadway where you could like like rush go, the band. No, go to the <laughs> stop just it. confused about everything today. <laughs> Hamilton rush. Who's on first? <laughs> but you go to the box office and and on the day of the show and you line up and you see if they'll give you a cheap ticket. That's the way it works. It's yeah. and it's like a fraction of the price of a normal ticket. So it's two fifty five. The doors are locked and it says open at three. I'm like okay. I go get a coffee. The second cup on the corner right there. John and King. You know the corner. Of course. And uh, go go back. There's no no line. I go right up to the box office and this old lady behind the counter and I'm like, Hey, uh, do you have any tickets for tonight? She's like, Oh, probably not. You know, this show has been sold out forever. I'm like, okay. She's like, let me look. And then she's like, Oh, you're lucky day. There's like two perfect tickets, like 10 rows back mm. in the first section middle. Mm. Like, the, and I was like, I'll take them. And they're, they're 50 bucks each. What? Whoa. Yeah. what? Same night. day or same day. Cause that's how rush night? tickets work. No, no, it was like eight o'clock. Yeah. So then I, what uh, are they normally? I don't even know if like that's $200, yeah. okay. $250 each. That's crazy. So then I, I wow. called my uh, niece to see if she wanted to come. Uh, and um, she obliged, my 15-year-old, 16-year-old niece, Emma. And it's weird. She knew more about the musical. You guys know about the musical, right? Or you can, you've heard the, the caricature version. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of it's about music. rap music. Alexander right? Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's about the birth of rap. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's, uh, I can't really spoil it because it's just like U.S. It's history. I saw, I saw it on Disney, though. They, they filmed it and put it up on Disney+. Plus. Yeah, okay. Did it translate? <laughs> I kind of zoned out a little bit. Yeah, there's so many words. I kind of zoned out during the show yeah. a little bit too. Like if you're, you know, theater is kind of for old people. Yeah. If you're an old person who has like a little hard of hearing, which I'm kind of a hard of hearing, you can you can't keep up with the lyrics. Yeah. I don't want to tell that guy. What are they saying? They're going so fast. Did anyone yell rap music is crap music? <laughs> no, no, no. Yelled that. But you know what's funny about Hamilton? So this guy, you know, he's one of the guy founding fathers. He helped write the Constitution of the Federalist Papers, which was commentary on the Constitution. By the way, I feel like for if you're in America and you love the fucking constitution, the founding fathers, you're so involved. Like you're so mm -hmm. in, in the storytelling of it all. Cause mm. you're kind of, it's ingrained in you in yeah. school. You learn about it. Sounds like this is my shit. Totally. For Canadian audiences, I don't know if it like really hits the same way. Like it's a beautifully done play and the songs are great and the production's really good and the performances are really good. But that thing that hits in your heart is like an American. Like, I don't know if people really care about mm. it. So that would be my one observation about it. But uh, Emma seemed to know a lot of the, the music. I was like, how do you know the music? You've never seen this. And she's like, eh, it just, you know, comes up. They are like, hit songs. Yeah, I know too. like yeah. the Alexander Hamilton. That one's been I'm around. I'm not gonna miss my shot. Yeah, I've never seen the play, but I'm I've somehow somehow absorbed that music. Yeah, so it's I around. Guess it's, it's around. But did you know that? So he he and his wife had a kid, and the kid grew up and mm. became an adult. Died in a duel. Wait. Well, and not Lin Manuel. No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you just blew my mind. Yeah. And then. And then a little bit later, he and his like old time foe, this guy who's sort of been like buck, butting heads with, yeah, butting heads with uh, for his whole adult Burr? life, Burr. Wait a second. Who, who did, I know that Hamilton and Burr have the duel. Yeah. Yeah. But who are you talking about? The kid? His kid had a duel too before. Yeah, a, double a double duel. duel. A double duel. Yeah. A double duel. I remember the duel from the show. Yeah. Yeah. So his Disney kid Plus. had a duel and then he died of a I duel. I did not know there was a double duel. Yeah, there was History a repeats itself. <laughs> it's true. Time is a flat circle. <laughs> um, but I do, but there is something amazing about going to the theater because it just, not the same if it's a Disney special. The you're, you're speaking to the choir. I've been going to like theater shows. Like we used to live right by Prince. We yeah. lived right on John and Wellington. And like I, I saw the Temptation show. Oh. I saw like, so I went to so many shows. It became this thing. I remember I saw, uh, What's the Jersey Boys? Oh, I, yeah. I brought my dad years ago. Yeah, years ago, I, brought, I went. I think with Danica, and then I brought Dad and and Greg, 
And it was just this great night. And from that point on, whenever there was like a birthday or Christmas gift, I'd buy dad, my dad theater tickets. Awesome. Book of Mormon was the last one. Yeah, we were, that's I, good. Yeah, it was good. It was, Those it, are all very commercial theater yes, productions. Yes. Would you ever go to an opera? Oh, yeah. An I, opera? I'll see anything yeah. live where like talented people are doing it. Like I, I 100%. You know, this it, is just sort of a PSA for like going out and experiencing culture yeah. because seriously, it's like, you know, when you go and I heard Rick Rubin talk about this in another interview, it's like he was talking about creativity and what you learning from the masters. And he's like, you can look at a photo of the Mona Lisa, but being in an art gallery and looking at a thing in real life is so much different than just the photo. Like I get emotional. I don't go to art galleries very often, but I, when I've been to the AGO or whatever, mm-hmm. I get emotional looking at the painting. Some of the paintings. You're talking about like if you're looking at nudies on the internet or going to the strip club. Yeah, it's just very different. <laughs> exactly. Um, it's different. <laughs> it's just different. Uh, no, I, I'm so fascinated by live performance in any sort of production. Meaning, like we just got back from resort. I know you didn't go to the theater and no. check out the shows at night. I think you did before we got there. You I saw, saw the magic, magic show. show. Yeah, yeah, I got a little misty. <laughs> <laughs> that was just the toxic smoke yeah. machine. I had yeah. other stuff going on there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, like they'll have like like you know they'll have a chorus like of dancers come out and I'm like. Who are these people that travel from resorts? Like this, they're doing Monday at this resort and then Tuesday, mm. whatever resort. And I'm just like, but these are people that are professionals working whatever circuit. There's people on cruise ships and in every town you ever go to. And I'm just so fascinated that people that make their sort of life in the arts in that way, like, oh, I'm a dancer. You know, I do yeah. matinees at whatever theater in Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a I'm cool just, profession. It is. My, that's my grandpa cool. did that to a degree, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I love it. I, I'm I'm fascinated by it. And sometimes in my brain, I'm like, oh, in another life, like if I was a little bit more like run away and join the circus type, mm-hmm. you know, that seems like it would have been a really fun. So I think it's, do you think that like people, it feels like the sort of thing you do from like 18 to 30. Yeah. And then you want to settle down maybe. I don't know. There's something, uh, you, the, the teamwork that goes into a production is love so it. cool too. Like when you're doing a live show and then like, you know, you get the gaffers and the lighting people and the directors and something, it's just a team effort. The camaraderie. It's, yeah, it's you so know, fun. Like, it's, Have you seen it's uh, cool. Poker Face, by the way? No. The, uh, the TV show with uh, Natasha Leone? It's Leo? like, a, it's kind of like, uh, it's by Ryan Johnson. Oh, okay. The Knives Good Out director. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of like a retread of Columbo. Oh, one more thing. Like I think she, I had to do my Columbo. <laughs> Does she do that? I don't kind know. Of. I she's it. sort of how she sounds. I think it's. I, I don't know if it's like a reboot of Columbo with her in that role, or if it's inspired by her heavily inspired. Wait, by. she does the voice too. Not only the catchphrase. No, phrase. but she has a raspy New York kind of. Okay. Accent. Does she have a catchphrase though in this? No, no. I'm dying to see it. I heard it's great. It is okay. So it's. I think it's nine or ten episodes, and mm. each episode is an hour long, and each is its own murder mystery. So it's like, and the, but she's always the common character. She's sort of like barnstorming yeah, around. Week. Yeah. So. So it's really fun. And in each cast, like the first episode, Adrian Brody's in it. And I think later Joseph Gordon-Levitt's mm-hmm. in it. And there's, and so there's recognizable. Adrian Brody or Adam Brody? Ad, Adrian Brody. Got you. Not the OC guy. Yeah. No, no. The, uh, the piano. The guy. piano. Yes. yes. Um, but they had, they made, there was, a, there was a, the latest episode I watched this morning was about community theater and a murder mystery that happens Ooh. with these, like these uh, kind of washed up Hollywood TV actors that go back and do a theater show together. Uh, and, but they, they had a joke about, Ben Franklin, the musical that was playing at the shitty little theater. And it was like, it was a spoof on Hamilton. Hamilton. They were, they were like rapping along and it was a, yeah, it was good. Did you guys, I, I spent a large portion of my young life, like watching A&E in the mm-hmm. afternoon, like watching like Macmillan and wife and like yeah. Columbo and all these, did you guys ever get into like those shows? Like murder? She wrote and I, uh, murder. She wrote that was on Angela Lansbury. I like <laughs> the idea of those shows. They were good shows to kind of like fall asleep to on the couch. Yeah. And get cozy, but never really watched. They them. feel like comfort to me, which mm-hmm. I guess is kind yeah. of alluding to what I wonder. And I tweeted this the other day. Is okay. So knives out comes out. And everyone's like, this is so fun. This yeah. is, it's it's like funny, 
murder mystery like ensemble cast and they made a, the sequel which people didn't like quite as much but I still thought was fine Glass Onion yeah, Glass Onion and then there's this show that Ryan Johnson he's like become the guy why only in the last like two years has Hollywood discovered that people love this shit like I feel like it's like such a no brainer entertainment like kind of everybody is satisfied by it like why hasn't this genre existed in any significant way before three years ago well it's cyclical and I don't I don't know if this is ground zero maybe Shane or Max or Ash, who's here, uh, can think of something that predates. But that first season of White Lotus, which essentially mm. is like a there's a murder and then you have to solve it over the course of 10 episodes or whatever it is. It seems like I just think like everything's cyclical. It's like and then mm. we'll get back into like sci fi heavily again. Mm. And it's like someone's like, why is everything a zombie show 10 years ago? And yeah, then we kind of tapered enough. off. But now Last of Us is back. But that's not really kind of a, it's a zombie show. But uh, it's really more about people. Remember yeah. when uh, vampires were hot? Fucking right. Yeah, There'll be something like remember, remember when volcanoes were big? Remember Dante's oh, Peak yeah. and, and Volcano? And Comets. Smash. Oh, it was Armageddon deep, and Deep, deep Impact. Impact. Yeah. Were you Armageddon or Deep Impact? Oh, that's a great question. Well, everyone on. our age was Armageddon. Armageddon. You had and the, to and be. the song, too. Yeah. Uh, Is it like the best movie song of all time? It's pretty damn good. What big. about, and I don't want the world <laughs> to see <laughs> me? That's, that's from, like changed that guy's life. Oh, is that City from, of Angels? City of Angels with Nick Cage and Meg yeah. Ryan. Oh, that was, I didn't even realize. I just think that was. Oh, yeah. A, he had the telescope in the video. And anytime he looks through the telescope, it's Meg Ryan. Oh, yeah. 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 Okay. Th those two are up there. What else? <laughs> She's sunbathing with the shirt off. It's really creepy, actually. <laughs> really? No. Uh, <laughs> Nick, Nick Cage is the creepy yeah. angel with the, the telescope. Oh, what about uh, Hero Nickelback featuring Josie Scott or Chad Spider Man? Kroger. Yeah, Spider Man. That's Who a good Josie song. Josie Scott, by the way. I don't know. I think it was in Seether or something. Well, what Some a moment in time for Josie Scott to get on that track. And a hero was. Oh, yeah. My heart will go, go on. on. Yeah. Ash, all credit to Ash. She just wrote that on her phone and showed us. My heart will go on is probably the biggest. What's yeah. my heart? We'll go on. Uh, Celine Titanic. Dion, Titanic. Oh, it yes. That's a big hit. Yeah. And that, that instrument. It's like it's some Irish whistle or something. Or what is it? I, what is that thing? I don't know what I, it anyway. is. Anyway. Yeah. What about rock? It's what we're all about. It's what we live for. Wasn't that Spider-Man? I don't know. <laughs> that some was 41 did a Spider-Man yeah, one. I think it was like one of the Spider-Man sequels. Yeah. Celine that probably was the glory days. I feel like we must have talked about the... Um, What's the soundtrack? Not Gorillas. Uh, what's the, you know the the soundtrack? Ben Folds Five has a song on it. Air coming up for air. It was the biggest. Uh, Puff Daddy had a song on Godzilla? it. Godzilla. Godzilla. Yeah. Not Gorillas. Oh, yeah. And he covered Cashmere. Yeah. By Led yeah. Zeppelin. Yeah, that was a good soundtrack. And he did that on SNL. I always talk about how Metallica did one of the best, most impressive SNL mm -hmm. performances. I saw with Give me fuel, give me fire, give me that which I desire. And then they go into the halftime. Like, <laughs> and I'm like. Like they melt. I was like, for the first time in my life, I saw, I came home like drunk one night. I was like 17 or something. I was like, I get metal. Like, I, was ah. like, I get it. I got the Metallica <laughs> appeal from that SNL performance. Anyway, maybe the second best SNL performance I saw and just off memory was Jimmy Page ah. and Puff Daddy on SNL doing the, so it's like, it's a, it's a, they sample cashmere. So Jimmy Page does a, and then Puff Daddy just like fucking gives like a face blistering rap version or whatever his version of the song. Godzilla trying. The 90s, man. It was a different time. It was cool. Bruce Springsteen did a, one of his big songs. Like, what's oh, the Streets of Philadelphia? No. Oh, no, but and then Secret Garden. Secret is, Garden was uh, big for Jeremy Maguire. Yes. Uh, there's a, one of his huge hits, uh, Born in the USA, I yeah. think. That was originally written for a movie. And uh, then he took it back. Oh, interesting. I was listening to a podcast and really? I thought you'd be interested. Tom Cruise yeah. had a film. No, maybe it was later than that. Born he on did the 4th Born of on July. the 4th of July, yeah. I wonder if the movie, it was for that movie. But I feel well, like I know the they had to movie. rename the movie. I want to know what podcast. That song's an interesting yeah. song too because it's like, uh, 
people use it as like a anthem in America, but it's Which actually one? like a born in the USA, uh, but it's essentially an, an indictment about how like, they, yeah. no one get, like we basically abandoned Vietnam vets when they yeah. came back. And it's almost ironic. The chorus is like born in the USA. It's, it's like, like, this is what you get. Yeah. You know, anyway, mm -hmm. I always found that fascinating, but yeah, I guess born or uh, the streets of Philadelphia might be, is it my heart will go on is the biggest movie soundtrack song of all time. Oh my God. Everything I do. Ash has got uh, the bangers. Movies that Robin for? Hood. Oh. With Kevin Costner. And then, uh, and then what's his name there? Uh, Bond. Sean Connery shows up at the end as like King Richard or something. Okay. And that I think the movie huge. has to be huge for it actually to be Everything one of the top. Because that song's huge, but the movie didn't seem that yeah. huge. Well, you can't find... The video is just the movie clips. And then okay. Brian Adams like on a piano. But it keeps cutting to like, you know, Tom, yeah. Tom Cruise. Uh, Kevin Costner doing a questionable English accent. Uh. Celine wins it, I think. Yeah, that's probably but my favorite, biggest movie. My favorite though is Aerosmith. Don't was the thing. Yeah, who wrote that? Dan Warren or Carol King or something oh, like yeah, that? Oh yeah, Aerosmith didn't write it. I know that, and I don't think the band's on it. So I, I just remember when they played at the Oscars, it was almost like Joe Perry and the boys were kind of just like air guitaring. Because uh, really, they, it's just Stephen over like you know, were they pissed strings about and an orchestra and all that stuff? Did you know, dude looks like a lady wasn't written for Miss Doubtfire? Oh really? <laughs> you didn't know that? I was joking, but Max actually didn't know that. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> Are we still allowed to like that movie, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire? Yeah, does that hold up? That's a good question. I don't know. Mm. I've also I've also investigated hey, whether dude look like a lady. <laughs> I got that title out good. Uh. Dude looks like a lady. I've I. I'm like, is it transphobic? Is it transpositive? Because it's almost like there's a line like it's like you can never judge a book by its cover or who you're going to love by your lover. Mm. Love I think it's be positive. Blind. I think so, too. But I don't know how history views it. Maybe, you know, we're not the ones to judge, but it, it, oh, it didn't feel mean spirited. But apparently it was written about Vince Neil, who uh, I guess they were all hanging out backstage and Vince Neil, who sings for. Who's got um, it? Not Molly Crew. Thank you, Molly Crew. I think I think it was Vince Neil. It was one of those hair metal bands. Vince Neil sang for Molly Crew for sure. Yeah, he did. Yeah, and I guess they were all Who backstage knew? having a time, as the <laughs> lyric says. And he he had his back turned to them, and I guess his butt looked good. And uh, the Aerosmith guys are like, "Ooh!" And then it turned around, and it was Vince Neil or something. They're like, "Oh, <laughs> dude, looks like a lady. That's cool." Yeah. Um, I did that trick on Instagram once. I was wearing really tight spandex <laughs> pants, and I had Alex film my butt <laughs> all the way up. And then I turned around, and then uh, yeah, one of my friends was like, "Damn you, Shane!" <laughs> <laughs> Got the big yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. 
absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Um, speaking of the theater, uh, I had a theater date on Saturday night. Wait, another theater date? Yeah. Look at you. But you know what's interesting about it? What? It was in my own home. Oh. It was a, it was a live- an ad read? <laughs> <laughs> it was a live theater. Uh, date with Chris Rock on Netflix special. Oh, oh perfect segue. Doesn't exist. It was fun though. Book club Maddie came over. Yeah, my neighbor Jimmy came over. Uh, okay, was it fun because the comedy was so good, or because it was fun to chat along to how bad it was? No, I thought I thought it was a great. I like the special. Uh, and really, I, yeah. oh, you're so in the minority. Your boy, your boy, Maddie loves Chris Rock. Yeah, no, I well, love Chris Rock. I thought I thought it was good. I don't know, like the oh, well, first of all, I I should say that watching it a live event on Netflix was kind of fun. Like just yes. like it was, it felt like a live sporting event or something. What did you like think that. of the pre-show though? I didn't watch it. Oh, okay. I got there right at ten o'clock. Got you. You get yeah. the show just for Chris because yeah. the pre-show was all live from the comedy cellar. I think yeah. in L.A. Mm-hmm. and like David Spade and Danny. Oh yeah, it I was saw just, them and Leslie Jones did a bit, and it was just like that was very, you know, it felt like the opposite of what they're good at. Yeah, which is like what they're good at is being a little crude, and I don't give a fuck. And I'm like, they were still crude. It's just their bits weren't good, mm. and it was live, so it was kind of uncomfortable. And people in the audience were kind of like, oh, cameras are on us. Anyway. I thought the Chris Rock, I, so I watched watch it? it. I watched it. Yeah. I watched the first, uh, I'd say 25, 30. And then the baby woke up. I was on, I was on uh, solo parent duty all weekend. Cause Danica was away for a 40th birthday with one of her friends. Mm. And, um, so I was like, I was like, I'm going to watch as much of this until the baby wakes up. Cause she always wakes up her day night of burn 11 had to go. But I thought my, my thoughts were, my initial thoughts were, this is really lit bright. And, mm. and, I could feel almost, and maybe this is just my, what I thought. I felt like I could feel Chris feel that it was live, that all these people were watching live. Mm. It felt like he was, yeah. I think Shana mentioned, it felt like he was rushing through his bits a bit. It was like the energy of like the, oh, like a million people might be watching this at home. Yeah. Seemed to mess with his rhythms, you know? Yeah. And like a lot of the comedy specials we watch too are edited so well that it's yeah. like you're tight on the face for the right punchline. It's like this camera's moving here. This just felt very like... I don't know. It Rushed felt a little was... like an impersonator. Yeah. To me. It was oh, weird. interesting. And it's, it's always tough for me when a, a person who's old, over 50 starts talking about woke stuff. Uh, I couldn't believe you went it to all those bits. It does feel like mm. the get off my lawn a little bit yeah. type of vibe. I thought some of the jokes were, were around that were interesting, but what, when you set it up as like, well, let's talk about woke culture. It's like, I, I wish the entry point could have been a little more interesting because as you say, it is, Get off my lawn territory as soon as you started presenting it like that. Ten minutes in, I just looked at Alex. I was like, "We have to shut this off." Really? Right? Yeah. It's so funny because I love the, Chris Rock. In the room at our house, people were laughing, having a great time. Hmm. What was a joke that got a laugh? I can't remember. Okay. I don't remember. There's Do nothing that stood out or a theme. I I I thought the the way he um <laughs> the way he talked about his his in his, his entitled daughters was kind of funny. That that bit was all right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like him. <laughs> the joke about. Like Jay Z would would date Beyonce if she worked at Burger King, 
but not not the opposite. That punchline was great. I, that was I, funny. I mentioned that one to Shane. Yeah. I, that yeah. punchline, and he did his thing where he like he talked about Snoop being in all the commercials. I can't remember who he compared Snoop to, but and do you guys remember that where he's like. Uh, when did Snoop become someone that yeah. does a lot of commercials or yeah. whatever? And then he's like, ah, I'm just joking. I don't even know the rapper matter. Yeah. That's, he so lays he that. that yeah. Then he does it with the Jay-Z where he's like, he's like, Jay-Z's beautiful or sorry. I don't need Jay-Z mad at me. Yeah. I don't even know the rapper mad at me. Then he goes into what everybody's waiting for, which is will he address Will Smith? Yeah. I that? like that he screwed up the punchline yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's kind of endearing. I, yeah. I just felt like it was like, I just, it was memorable because it was like, oh, all the things you're talking about it was a little, little brightly. Like he was a little off his game, yeah. but like, it just felt like the stakes were higher or something like yeah, that. Like, live yeah. is fun. Anything totally. live. Yeah. Because you're, it's almost like you're on stage rooting for the yeah. performer because it's live and you being a live performer yourself, you probably have special empathy or whatever. Well, the, and, and when he messed up that joke, because Matt, who was with me, had seen the special and he, as soon as he messed up the joke, yep. he says, no, it's emancipation. Like he, he, no, he called out, you got to start with concussion. Yeah. You got to start concussion. Yeah. And he called it out in the room. Yeah. And then a, a minute later, Chris Cross, fuck, I fucked up the joke. It's concussion yeah. or whatever. You know, I was like, okay, that was, I don't know. I just thought there was like, yeah, more intrigue there. Um, and I, I'd say like the, the, I don't really have a take on this other than I'm just sort of amused and uh, interested in all the conversation around the special. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just, it's so interesting because I don't know who is going to come out in favor of thinking that is brilliant versus who's going to say it's problematic in different ways. And that, and I find with a lot of stuff, you can kind of, it's very predictable mm-hmm. who is going to be. Who, like who's the person on Twitter who's going to say this is an issue? Who's the person on Twitter is going to say we should celebrate this stuff? But with Chris Rock specifically, just where he like you know his background, what he means to the culture, who he's friends with, the fact that he's a comedian, but he's also like kind of smart and wise in his own like I just had no clue what what the response would would be. And it's interesting as like people keep on giving commentary. It's like yeah, and even the reviews of it too. Like some people like really didn't like it. And some people were like, no, this is like really daring. And for like a 58 year old comedian, this is maybe his best special. I've also seen that review, which wow. is, which I thought was cool. Uh, yeah, I didn't wow. I didn't like I didn't I didn't like dislike it or or love it. If anything, but it was just felt stale. I was just like the minute he started doing the the woke stuff, I was like, oh I've literally been seeing this stand-up routines now for three years. Like, this is what you waited all this time to sort of like come out and basically do. I was like, oh, okay. And the, and then and the punchlines just didn't really hit that much. For me. I, I think the, the other reason why I liked it was because I, I saw Chappelle uh, January 1st, like live. And I was like, oh man, I was like, Chappelle, like, he doesn't have any material. He's just kind of making it up as he goes. And it's all sort of charisma. And you enjoy it because you're getting to see Dave Chappelle just kind of laughing and making fun of people. And it's not not totally put together. And Bookla Maddie pointed out, like, Chappelle's had four specials in the last, like, two years. Like, he's just sort of a machine for material. Whereas, like, I, I think I prefer a comedian that's, like, dials in every joke and every beat. And you don't have to say that, like, what he did was, was excellent. But I, I don't know. I appreciate that level of care as a comedian. Yeah. I'm out on Chappelle that I'm going to get on stage and like everything is like you said on his charisma and Uh his his stage presence and his reputation. Yeah. So he feels like he's really jumped the shark in the last Uh five years. Whereas I thought he, when we saw him, at JFL and that tiny show. Yeah. I feel like that was almost his peak. It was incredible. And he's been Uh worse every year since that day, seven years ago. Yeah. When when he, but he, but he has moments of brilliance. And that's why I think why it's frustrating is because like when he does dial it in, it's the best. It's like when he did that SNL monologue, because they always bring him in like when something in the culture happens. Yeah. He did. What did he do last year on recently? Well, it was on something. I think Trump got nominated. Trump got nominated. 
But then he did another one recently. Yeah. Forget. Oh, maybe it was with the Kanye stuff. Well, that was part of his bit, Kanye and Kyrie. Yeah, and I and I was like, okay, he's definitely like crafted eight minutes where it's like every beat really counts. Yeah. Yeah, but when I saw him in Toronto in January, it was like, where where are we going? He's too famous and yeah. he's too rich. And it's like, what's the incentive to really hunker down and write mm-hmm. awesome jokes? Another thing, too, about Chris Rock, too, is it's like it's very easy to get on a mic on a podcast and criticize somebody's stand up bit. I think it's one, it's Chris Rock. So you hold him to such a high standard, you know? And maybe if like I saw him at the ACC or Scotiabank last year, whenever he was in town, maybe it plays different. Maybe it's like, oh, those jokes really land. I don't know. But I just, I think that it was more like, I was really excited to see what Chris Rock had to say. And then within the first, I mean, I should have known that special is called selective outrage. Sure. So it's like, you know, that's obviously the subject matter he wants to cover. Um, I was just like, oh, I thought he's gonna do something like more fresh. And then I thought, okay, well, he's going to do a unique take on wokeness. And I was like, oh, this is the same thing that we saw in, you know, that Sebastian Montesano, whatever that guy's. Maniscalco, yeah, I think his name is. His but bits. You know, it is what it is. Comedy's pretty good at keeping you honest. I mean, if some if you find something funny, it's an involuntary reaction that you have. Yeah. So yeah. I feel like I'm not overthinking it too much. And mm-hmm. I, ha- I didn't have high expectations for Chris Rock because I saw Tambourine in 2018. Did you like Tambourine? Much better. Yeah. Oh, but that I being see- said, I still thought that was a fall from grace. So I thought, yeah, I thought I really liked Tambourine. It felt very adult. Um, just the way he was even speaking, he felt like. Yeah, sort of, he was toned down a little was, bit. He was toned down. And this one, I was like, oh, this is more of a return to like 90s Chris Rock. Yeah. Which, which maybe. Which for me felt like a cheap imitation because he was so high pitched and went so much louder. And there was yeah. minimal pausing in between. And I don't know. I felt like he got feedback on Tambourine. They're like, where's the old Chris yeah, Rock? Yeah, totally. And then he tried like, to write do that. the banger again, right? Like, where's the guitars? And I feel like maybe you liked it more because you got caught up into the event style that sure. it was, which I had just done one of those watch from home things with Alex. Mm. And it was so much fun. It was the best. Yeah. So I know what you're feeling when it's like, this is fun. This is kind of like a night out, but I'm in. Yeah. There's a great tweet. Uh regarding the Chris Rock stuff because one beautiful thing about the Will Smith slap was that it was discourse anarchism. No one could coalesce on coalesce on a line for hours. You saw people both left and right woke and anti-woke taking every possible position. Was Will Smith defending black womanhood? Was he doing toxic masculinity? Was he assaulting free speech? Was he defending his wife's honor? Were people who criticized him cops? Do more comedians need to be slapped? Every possible take was out there for the posting, mm, <laughs> which, yeah. which is anyway. I, yeah, that's, I, I, I appreciate, Chris Rock for nothing else than just being able to like occupy that zone where it's just like, okay, with the special where it's like, I have no idea what people are going to think about it. I thought his will stuff was great. Yeah. Like it's, it was a very strong close sort of deal. The yeah. Way he addressed it. Yeah. I thought it was very good. Like the, maybe one of the biggest laughs was when he kept leaning into everyone was calling you a bitch and he just kept saying, bitch, bitch. But then people bitch. were mad about that because you can't use that language, know. you know? I know. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's my thing. It's like, I'm not going to get disappointed about the way that Chris like attacks the culture or uses his language or any of that stuff. I'm just more like, Oh, find a new angle, man. Like we just uh-huh. did. Well, anyway, I just want to laugh. I don't know. I don't know how to get there, but just make me laugh. If you're a stand-up comedian, I'll be happy. Yeah. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Hard recommendation for Max. Yeah. I think it's worth a watch. Yeah. If you yeah. like comedy, watch people are talking about it. At least you'll know what people are talking about the next day. Chris Rock did have that one funny line where he was like, he went in to do a bit and the language he used was very uh, aggressive. And he goes, you can't retell this one at work tomorrow. You know, people <laughs> always go in and do comedians bits. Mm. It was like, no, that's a funny, yeah, yeah. that's a funny setup. All right, guys. Well, it's been a great hang. Yeah. Good times. 
maybe the best. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Nathan Ash. Thank you so much to Ashley. All right. See you guys next week. And have fun. Have a safe flight out to the East Coast. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky, soft, and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60.